Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, good morning and welcome to Real Life Church. We are so excited for Youth Takeover Sunday. So whether you are with us in person here at Kentucky Trail or joining us online, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to dance, we're going to clap, we're going to jump, but most of all, we're going to worship God big together this morning, okay? Salvation sounds a new Thank you. 
All right, I want to hear you sing on this next one. I know it's one of you guys' favorite at camp. I've called your name some broken night And you showed up and patched me up Like you do every time I get amnesia Forget that you keep coming around Ain't no way you ever let me down Good God Almighty I hope you'll find me Worshiping with you guys together today. And we're just going to take a second and slow it down because we believe that God has something big for you this morning. And I know it's a powerful morning with a lot of powerful stories about what has happened at camp. But above all, we want you to know today that God is for you, God is with you. And so we're going to sing this blessing over each other today as a whole room lift up the blessings that our God has for you today. So let's sing. Shine upon you and be great. 
rejoice in the fact that you are for us, God, and you just make that known. You've declared that over us, God, and we just want to just celebrate this awesome group of teens right in front of me here, God, just the stories that you are about to just 
to just share with all of us today the way that you changed lives two weeks ago at camp, God. And may we all just take inspiration from their leadership, God. Whatever the age difference is, may we look to them and how you are impacting their lives and how you are shaping them for the next generation, their families, their children. God, you're just building your kingdom every day. And we just praise you for that. And all God's people right here at Real Life Church said, Amen. Can you give it up big for God this morning? And give it up big for these teens, man. Oh, I tell you, you are going to be blessed this morning. You're going to leave here better than you came. And I can't wait for you to hear what we're about to hear. But before we do any of that, I got to welcome some people. If you're brand new at Real Life Church, welcome. What an awesome Sunday for you to come and check us out. And I really want to welcome now Real Life Church Online, wherever you are. If you're online, I want you to throw up some likes and some hearts. I want you to click on some links. And yeah, let's make them feel welcome, church. Come on. Awesome. So pumped you're here. We got a great morning for you. Can everyone in the house go ahead and be seated? We believe your story has significance. We believe you're here on purpose this morning. And some of you might be here, you know, you've got a teen here in the room. You got a youth here in the room and you came to support them. But I just declare, I believe God has you here for even more than that, not just to celebrate them, but to find out what God has in store for your life. We're just so pumped you're here. Welcome to Real Life Church. And hey, if you're brand new and you've never been here before, I want to personally invite you to get your phone out and text RLNEW to 97000. When you do that, a member of our connection team will just reach out to you at some point this week via text message or phone call. No one shows up at your house unannounced from Real Life Church, but we just want to check in on you, see how your Sunday morning went. We want to answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church and see how can we be praying for you this week. All right, you've got a lot of people here at this church, not, on the connect, not just on the Connection team, but any one of us wearing this name badge, anybody you see on stage uh, holding a microphone, singing, playing, any of that stuff, we have so many people here that just want to know you and connect with you this week. So I hope we, we'll get a chance to do that in the hub after this gathering. And if you've never been to our New Here booth before, please stop by after this gathering and get our small gift. It's just our way of saying thanks for being here this week at Real Life Church. And it's up there on the screen. You can kind of see it. Welcome home. Welcome home. You know, Real Life Church, there it is. I declared it. No. Uh, hey, uh, Real Life Church is a church on a mission. And we exist not just to have an amazing gathering with some friendly faces on a Sunday morning. It's so much more than that. It's, it's what we do during the week as our awesome teens are going to just declare how they gave up their time during the week just to learn so much more about Jesus and connect with each other. We exist to see people that are far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. You know, Sunday morning is just the pregame, folks. The real work begins on Monday. Can I get an amen on that? That's right, man. There's a whole field out there, a community out there that needs Jesus, and that's what we exist for. And so if I just want to encourage you, you know, if this is your first Sunday, maybe it's your third, fourth, or fifth, man, keep coming out. See what happens if you give God these next upcoming weeks to just partnering with us here at Real Life Church or even just starting that journey on your own. I know you'll be blessed if you do that. 
Well, guys, I am so pumped you're here today. This is going to be an amazing morning, a powerful morning. We're going to hear about how God changed some awesome teens' lives uh, two weeks ago when they went to camp. But don't just take my word for it. I want you to check out this video. tell we had fun at camp? Yeah, they're all tired. I was saying earlier in the last gathering that they were all mad at me that I made them get up early today, but they had to be here at nine, and I laugh. (laughs) So I'm old, and I get up early all the time. Um, But we had an incredible week at camp. We did a lot of crazy, ridiculous things you guys got to see on the video. We actually played volleyball with a dead fish. And what I learned is that girls are braver with dead fish than boys are, Uh, Ashton Germain. He would literally not touch it at all. <laughs> like, I think we had several videos of him just being like, nope, someone else can put that back in the, in the towel for me. Um, but we played some night ball. Um, we had some color wars. Did we have color wars? So I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's kind of a big deal because the team that ended up victorious at the end of the week, I know they're calling shenanigans, not shenanigans. The pink team, which was my team, came out with the most points at the end of the week. So I think you guys should give it up for our pink team. No, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the other teams are clapping. They were like, this is the worst. I don't agree. Um, We had a ton of fun. 
But what you guys didn't get to see in that video is there was also a ton of life change happening, a lot of conversations in our life groups where these students were really opening up about what they wanted God to do in their lives. There were some crying, um, some emotions, some doubts, some questions. They were really listening intently to our amazing camp speakers and just digging in deep to worship. You guys probably saw a little bit about this morning. There were so many of those incredible moments at camp. But before we even stepped foot on the bus to leave for camp, we had so many amazing leaders who were spending time preparing, planning, practicing to make sure that the week went off without a hitch. Well, for the most part, without a hitch. We injured a lot of things at Sean's house, and that's fine. Um, but I wanted to take a minute right now to just honor a couple of people here. We've had a few that were only here for first gathering that, that left, but I still want to make sure we honor them today. And the first group that we can't go without acknowledging is our incredible camp band. So if you are a part of our camp band, would you please stand so we can honor you? Let's give them one more round of applause. So our teenagers had no idea what to expect having their very own band at camp. Um, but I just wanted to thank these leaders, not just for coming to spend a week with us at camp, but for really spending time preparing, planning, but also spending time with these teenagers. It meant so much to them that you guys just took the opportunity outside of playing when you guys were already tired from our hot barn that we were in to spend time with them and love on them. So thank you guys so much. Let's give it up one more time for our band. The next group that I want to make sure that I acknowledge are our camp speakers. And so uh, Brian actually had to leave already, but I'm going to make Sean Petrie stand up because he's incredible. Give him a hand. And he could have had a week off and <laughs> let me go down and deal with camp. But instead, he was like, I'll come down and speak. And so him and Brian Mason came down to spend their time really teaching the kids what this beautiful rebellion looked like. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about that. Um, but I also just wanted, while we were here, wanted to embarrass you more and just thank you for being such a spiritual leader to our church. I know you guys would all agree. Um, but being such a godly example to these teenagers and coming down and spending time with them. When the rest of the people were going to sleep, Sean was staying up and hanging out with teenagers at the camp fire and playing pool with them um, and letting us ruin his house. So thanks for letting us take 30 teenagers and 15 adults to ruin your property for Jesus. So um, the next group that I want to acknowledge are our youth leaders. So if you are a youth leader in the house, would you stand up? So we have more youth leaders. A couple of them are able to be here today, and I sent my husband on an errand because I'm that wife that made him go run errands for me. Um, but just wanted to thank you guys for investing in our students. They didn't just invest time at camp. They have been investing in these teenagers all year long and just loving them fiercely. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time every week with us, with them, and pouring into them and really just thinking about ways that you can help them. So let's give it up one more time for our awesome youth leaders. Keep standing. I love making you guys stand. I'm just going to stand here for a while. Um, so the next group that I wanted to make sure that we acknowledged are parents. And I know we had some of them leave, but if you're a parent in the house still of one of our awesome teenagers, would you stand up, please, so that we can honor you? And I see you. So that means Scott Germain, especially you. <laughs> stand up. So... I just want to thank you guys for having amazing teenagers. We spent a week with them at a lake house, and for the most part, they were so respectful. They were picking up trash. They were asking how they could help. Um, and then I just wanted to thank you for letting us borrow your kids a little bit. As a parent, I understand that they are your entire world. Um, some days you might disagree, but I know that you love them so fiercely, and thank you for just letting us have a small part to play in that. 
So the last group that I want to make sure that I don't go without thinking are our prayer warriors. And I know that there are a lot of people who may not even be here who spent time praying for our teenagers before we even left during camp. So whether you're an official member of our church prayer team or if you spent any sort of time praying over these teens before or during camp, would you please stand up? We want to make sure that we honor you. Some of them are probably already standing too. So we had decisions that were made at camp, and I guarantee you those were all a result of people who were fearlessly praying and having just passionate faith and things that were going to happen, going before these students and praying for everything that was going to take place. So I just want to thank you because we had three teenagers who started a relationship with Jesus at camp. Let's give it up. Yeah. And that was all, I think, a big part of that was due to the fact that we have so many people praying ahead of them. So let's give it up one more time for our awesome group, and you guys can all take a seat. Woo woo! So, what I want to talk about right now is all of the life change that happened at camp. We pushed these teenagers really hard. We really pushed them to be different, to understand that following Jesus looks a lot different than maybe we think that it does. And a lot of times it means that we're going to get really uncomfortable for Jesus. We're going to take some stands that might be uncomfortable. We're going to have some conversations that might be uncomfortable. And we called it the beautiful rebellion. And the fact that we're joining this rebellion that Jesus has started for us to be different, right? To stand out, to, to make a change. And while we were there, we challenged each and every one of these students to make a choice, to make a decision, and to decide to leave camp and go home being different than they were when they came. And so for some of those students that might have been letting go of addiction, might have been letting go of some bitterness or anger that they had towards somebody, for some of them it might have just been letting God into their lives, but for each and every one of them, it meant making a really big choice. So I want to do right now is let you guys have an opportunity to watch some of their stories. And I know that I, I wish I could get all of them up here. We would spend all morning up here listening to their stories, which would be so powerful. But I hope that you guys will just take an opportunity to really listen deep to all of these decisions that these teenagers made. Take a look at this video. I came to camp struggling with having good relationships with people and forgiving others that have hurt me in life. While I was at camp, I learned that uh, a lot of things that happen in life are for a reason, but if God can forgive others for their bad mistakes, then I should be able to do it too. I'm excited to start following Jesus by showing that uh, not only can he give forgiveness to us, but we can give forgiveness to people in our lives. And once we can come to the conclusion that he's more like, I don't know, in power, I don't know how to phrase that, um, then I feel like others will come and join us at church, real life church. I came to camp struggling with anger and pent up aggression. After camp, I decided I'm gonna allow Jesus to help me with these problems and help guide me. Josh and Alan, they've, been, they've helped me because they're kind of like the two leaders I talk to most. No matter what problems or strives you have, you can always come talk to us. I can be me and talk to everybody. Before camp, I didn't really felt, feel like I had a lot of knowledge about the Bible and just like overall faith. But So after leaving camp, I feel more inspired to learn more and start reading the Bible and just answer the questions that I have for myself and not just wait for someone to answer them for me. 
And I also learned to step out of my comfort zone because you'll miss a good opportunity. My name's Brandon. I'm really excited to follow Jesus. Before camp, I kind of came into it kind of not really knowing what I wanted to do because the last couple weeks I kind of been I was struggling with not really I wanted to read my Bible, pray, but I found my, I found myself not wanting to do any of it. I think what was holding me back the most is just wanting to live my own life, wanting to do what I wanted to do. So I, I just remember going through every day of camp, I could feel God just like in the presence with me, like just talking to me and the fact of I need to live my life according to Him, not by my own rules. I kind of found myself after this entire camp experience really just wanting to go into like the next school year, going to talk about all my friends and really just show what I experienced with camp. Because I think camp is something everyone who can go could because I think it kind of sets you apart from the world and it really lets you just go all out for God and let you really, really listen to what He wants you to do. My name is Elijah and I am pumped to follow Jesus. Before camp, I was really struggling with like anxiety and depression and just feeling kind of like lost in my faith. During camp and after camp, I kind of learned like just from talking to people and like hearing things that Sean and Carrie said that it's like okay to have doubts and it's okay to feel like, feel the way that I was feeling. I just have a really strong group of people who like are there for me. So whenever I feel like I'm alone in those things, I know that I'm not alone in those things. And I know that like other people have experienced the same things that I have. Before camp, I was struggling with stress, and the biggest thing is that I would let people's feelings like get to me, so I was too ashamed to talk about God to my friends and my family. Some things that were holding me back from telling my friends about God was pretty much just like their judgment. During camp, God showed me that everything is going to be okay, and that it's okay to overthink and have doubts. But when you're talking to other people, you really shouldn't let their opinions and negative thoughts really get to you. Instead, you should turn their negative things into positive things and try to talk more and open up more. The people who have like really helped at camp was Sean and Brian. You know, they didn't have people to share God when they were growing up. So it took them a time to eventually like open up and stuff. So I feel like it would be pretty easy for me to open up more. My name is Lexi and I'm really excited to follow with Jesus. Before camp, I was struggling with anxiety attacks. In those moments that I was feeling anxious, I would usually try to turn to a better way out of that and try to think, this isn't what God would want me to think. This is not what God has planned for my life. This is not what God wants me to go through. He wants me to get over it and be stronger than my anxiety. While I was at camp, um, God showed me that um, I don't need to be anxious about all those things and that those things, even if they have hurt somebody, it's never too late to start thinking, well, maybe it impacted them instead of hurt them. I noticed that a lot of the times I would go into my room to calm down from my anxiety attacks because usually when we were about to leave on the boat, I would just quit and go back inside in, my, in our cabin room and um, I would hide under my pillow, and but my friend Lexi was there and she was there to help me through it and she would just kind of talk to me about it and that made me feel better and I was so thankful that God let um, her in my life. God helped me come over my anxiety attacks by realizing that um, I'm worrying about something that I shouldn't be worrying about and that um, all this pain and stuff is just Satan getting to me and wanting him for me to feel bad about it.
I came to camp knowing nothing about Jesus or the Lord or the Bible or anything. We never really talked about it. We just kept it out of our lives. Camp actually did, it helped me realize a lot of things that I'm missing out on a lot. And I could really use him in my life. I have been struggling with, I've been stressed out, overwhelmed, just didn't know what to do. I've been lost for a while. So we were sitting on the campfire and I was talking to one of my friends. I was asking him, how did you discover Jesus? Sean, he really helped me. He calmed me down a bit. And then he opened my eyes. He, he said, let's pray together. And I, he said, repeat after me. And I did. And that's whenever I did feel something is whenever I was the one praying. It really did help me. That's whenever I accepted Jesus into my life and do my heart. And I am so excited to start following Jesus. I came to camp struggling with a lot of depression. I actually didn't know it for a lot of my life. I got diagnosed at the ripe young age of 14. So I was struggling with it for a very, very long time. With depression came a load of other things like anxiety, barrel loads of anxiety, and um, a lot of anger issues. What ended up helping me a lot was church and youth camp. It always helped me because I felt loved here. We were waking up every morning and there was something new and exciting to do and it was so amazing. I, uh, I felt a presence, a very powerful presence. The only thing that it did was bring joy and that was the day that I accepted Jesus as my savior. Here I am sitting here being happy because I'm saved. You only live once and I want to live my life as long and faithful as I can. My name is Brandon and I am so excited to follow Jesus. Yeah, give it up for our teenagers. I am so proud of all of them. I mean, making decisions as hard as an adult, let alone making decisions as a teenager that are really gonna change your life and stepping out in front of your friends to do something different. And we talked a lot about at camp about letting God not just do something in us, but doing something through us. And what I love about teenagers is every single week I go into Sunday night trying to think about what God can help me do to teach them. What is it that they're struggling with that I can help them through? But more oftentimes than not, by the end of the night, they've taught me something. And I usually go home with my faith being stretched and having really pushed myself because of something that they did. And I think all of our leaders would agree that every single week we're surprised by how they're pushing our faith too. I love being inspired by them. And I know you guys have had a chance to hear from our teenagers, but I wanted to make sure you guys had an opportunity to hear from one of our leaders today as well. So this is Rachel Geals coming up to the stage. If you guys want to give her a hand. And Rachel had talked to me a little bit about just what life change God had done through her at camp. Because we all know, even if we're adults, sometimes we still get stuff out of camp. I kind of think adult camp should exist. It's fun. Um, so what Rachel's going to do is just share a little bit of her heart about what God did in her life at camp. Good morning. <clears throat> I was asked to speak briefly this morning about our youth camp, um, what I witnessed and how it affected me. 
I have not served with real life for very long at all. Uh, My husband, Alan, and I just got involved only a few months ago. To say I was nervous would be a huge understatement. I was quickly flooded with anxiety about my ability to help lead a group of teens to Christ. Teenagers. What was I thinking? Well, very early on, I realized that these kids would most likely teach me just as much as I could possibly teach them. Can't prove this theory to be true. When the bus arrived at camp and the kids started unloading, they all looked very excited because there was a lake. I could also see a bit of uncertainty on their faces, though. They were all a little unsure of what the week would look like. As Carrie said, our camp theme was Beautiful Rebellion. We began speaking with the kids, and the question was asked to them, how uncomfortable are you willing to get for Jesus? Well, this question sat on my heart because I was not comfortable with my ability to lead these teens. The only thing I knew for sure was that God wanted me to love them and listen to them. So that is what I did. As the week flew by, I was absolutely amazed by them all. They were taking it so seriously, and they began to let themselves step out of their comfort zones for Jesus. It started with worship. Wow. If you have never had the chance to worship with 25-plus teenagers in a small room with a live band, you are missing out. It was incredible. We had a middle school girl pray in front of a group of her peers for the first time ever. She volunteered. I was so proud of her. New friendships were formed. Kids participated and engaged in conversations openly and honestly. I got to witness three teenagers accept Christ into their life. It was incredible. I watched all week as God worked in the lives of these young people. I realized something by watching them. I don't need to be completely comfortable. I finally had the answer to my question. What was I thinking? Well, I really wasn't. God was. He put leading youth on my heart, and I trust him to guide me. Real life youth, thank you. To each and every one of you for teaching me that I just have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable too. I love each and every one of you, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to play just a small, small part in your journey. Also, again, Jana, thanks for not killing me on the Wave Runner. That was so great. Jana, you almost killed lots of people on the jet ski. Not teenagers, maybe teenagers. I don't know. It wasn't me. I didn't get on. <laughs> I saw her get on, and I hear Sean go, yeah. And I was like, I'm not getting on with her. If Sean thinks that she's doing a great job, I'm nervous. <laughs> so, um, so as I was saying, we talked a lot at camp about this idea of a beautiful rebellion. And we encourage these students 
to go against the grain and to push against what's normal and to be different, to get a little bit uncomfortable. We called it a beautiful rebellion and just encourage all of them to be rebels with the cause. And what's interesting about me telling them to be rebels is I think a lot of times when we think about Christianity and being rebellious, we think those two don't go together, right? Like we should be loving people and just chilling out, don't ruffle any feathers, just keep everything even keel, right? And I think even when we, when we get saved and we, we decide to start going to church and we think, this isn't what I thought we were signing up for. You know, getting up on a Sunday morning and you go and you, you sit in a pew and you worship and you sit down and you hope that you get something out of the message that you can take home and apply to your life during the week and then you repeat the same cycle the next week. But that's actually the exact opposite of what Jesus calls us to do. It's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Yes, church is important, but there's so many other aspects of our life as Christians that God is telling us to do, to push against what the world is telling us that we should do. But it's not natural to go against the grain. It's not natural to be different than everyone else, especially for teenagers. To stand out and to be different and to be the one that's speaking up for somebody else and to be different than your friends is very uncomfortable. And as followers of Jesus, it can also be really uncomfortable. But what I find funny is as adults, sometimes we like being a little controversial, don't we? We like being a little bit rebellious. Like I actually know several people who call themselves internet trolls proudly. A couple of them are my very own family members. <laughs> if you are an internet troll, raise your hand high and proud. I did this at the first gathering and not one person raised their hand. I'm like, you embarrassed. But then you get on Facebook and you're like, let me tell them my opinion, right? So sometimes it's fun to be the one that has an opinion different than everybody else. Sometimes if you're having a political conversation with somebody, it's fun to be the one that's a little bit different. Vaccination conversations, friends, they're everywhere, right? Like sometimes you may be in a group of people, everybody has the same opinion, you're like, I don't agree. But for the most part, when we really get down to it as followers of Jesus, being different can actually be very uncomfortable. It can be very difficult for us to be the one that stands up and says something against what other people are saying. And we look at the example of Jesus in the Bible, and I think we think of him as a comforter, which he was, and somebody who helped people who were in need. But do you know Jesus was the original rebel? <laughs> can I get an amen in here? He was the original rebel. He, yes, he was comforting people. Yes, he was helping those people that were mourning and sad. And he was going to the sides of the people that needed healing the most. But you know what he was also doing? He was confronting. Jesus didn't just come here to comfort. His main task was to confront the things in the world that were different than him. And he actually was one of the original people in the Bible who started kind of a shift and acting differently. He was healing people on the Sabbath day, which was unheard of then, to step out and to be doing something different on the Sabbath day when you should be resting. He was pushing against the government. He was saying, this is unacceptable, this isn't how we behave. He was talking to religious leaders about how they should be acting. When his disciples were in the wrong, he called them out. All of those outcasts, those people that nobody else wanted to hang out with, guess who Jesus was hanging with? He was right there with them. He was the original table flipper, Friends, that's my favorite gif, by the way. They're like, oh, and the one that flips and goes all the way back around and stays, it's my favorite too. I must be really angry. But I want to read you guys a verse right now that really is the heart of what Jesus wants for us. It's Romans 12, verse 2. And it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God says, don't be like the world. Don't text like the world. Don't tweet like the world. Don't comment on that post like the world. Don't be in the middle of that gossipy conversation like the world. We are supposed to be different. We're supposed to get a little bit uncomfortable in those conversations that it might be awkward to step away and be different. I want you guys to also check out John 14, verse 12. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even what? Even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. I do not love this verse because it's telling us that we're not just supposed to be rebels like, like Jesus. We're supposed to be even better rebels than Jesus. And that's a pretty big task to follow because he was making waves in the world that he lived in. He was pushing against everything that was normal. And it's pretty tempting to stay in the circles that we're in. Sometimes those circles are even Christian circles. And we're not following what God wants us to follow. When we were at camp, I told you guys this a couple of times already, but we were pushing these teens pretty hard to be different, to step out, to push against the grain. But I encouraged them a little bit in this idea that we have the power to make more of a difference than we know. And I think that's a good reminder for us as adults too, because I think we forget the power that's inside of us. And it's easy for us to think about all the things that we're not and all of the things that make us unqualified to make a difference. I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too anxious, I have too much baggage. There's too much in my past that God isn't going to forgive me for. I have too many of these types of friends, right? Too much of this and too much of that. And we start to talk ourselves out of our calling, out of what God has asked us to do. And encourage all of these teenagers that if we decide today that we're going to really listen to the voice of God and we're going to step into our calling, the difference that we could make in our community is outrageous. And I told them, can you imagine... If you are walking around Belton and you hear people whispering, have you heard about that real life youth? Have you heard about what they're doing? Have you heard about real life church? Have you heard about what's happening in Belton, what's happening in our, and I think that we underestimate that we have that power to do that and we think maybe it's somebody else's problem or somebody else's calling. Can I get an amen? Do you guys feel this? I think sometimes we really put the weight on our shoulders that it's, it's for somebody else. But the crazy thing about a beautiful rebellion is it's not just one person. It starts with an entire group. And so as I was talking to all of these teenagers about all of this, they were like, we're ready. We're ready to make a difference. We're ready to stand out in our schools. We're ready to, to step against the louder voices that are coming against us. And so what I want to ask you today, church, is are you ready? Because these teenagers are ready. Are you ready? Because they're trying to set an example for you guys to follow about what it looks like to stand out and to be different. But what this might call you to do is to take some unpopular stands, to be the one that has a different opinion than someone else. Maybe it's to get uncomfortable. I've said that several times, but getting uncomfortable is not natural for us. We like to stay in our comfort zone. But can I encourage you that coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort zone? Can I say that again for the people in the back? Coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort zone. God did not call us to be safe. He called us to be obedient and to step out in faith and to make a difference together. 
I want to read one more verse to you guys. Um, in Matthew 5, 14, you'll notice we're all wearing it on our awesome shirts. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And the reason that I chose these shirts is, number one, I'm old, and this doesn't really make sense to me. Get lit, fam. But it's fine. It makes me look cool. But I wanted these kids to go home and remember what their calling is. And being a light means you're standing out. You're being different. You are not called to fit in, to be the one that's with your friends being the exact same as them. You are a light. You are supposed to walk in a room and people to expect you to be different. But it's not natural. It's not natural for us to be different, is it? But the world around us needs for us to be different. It's hard. It's going to be painful. I'm not telling you that it's going to be easy, but it's going to be so worth it. I want you guys to check out this passage that Paul writes about facing times of difficulty. It's Romans 8, verses 18 through 22, and it says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Have you ever groaned to God about the brokenness in the world? Have you ever just poured your heart out and cried to God about the things around you that break your heart? Maybe you had a family member who had a really serious diagnosis. Maybe you have another friend who's suffering from crippling anxiety. Maybe you have had a family fall apart and crumble. Maybe a friend of yours did. We know COVID is all around us. We see brokenness everywhere, don't we? Maybe you've lost a friend or a family member to COVID yourself. And we look around the world and we can... Think about how we wish that things were perfect, right? We want the world to be a better place, but God did not promise us a perfect world. In fact, we know that it's the exact opposite, don't we? We know that we're a part of the broke, a broken world. But what God calls us to do is to be a part of the solution. So we get to be a part of the people who stand up, right, and go against the grain and be different and decide, not on my watch, I'm going to make sure that this isn't going to happen. I'm, I'm going to make sure that these people are cared for, that this brokenness is taken care of, right? And that really is the heart of the beautiful rebellion. Yes, we're being rebels, but we're doing it by taking care of others. So how do we do this? I'm telling you guys all of the why, but how do we actually become part of the beautiful rebellion? It starts with love. It's as simple as that. And I know you may have expected a fancier, more eloquent answer than that, but that's really what God has called us to do is to love other people. He says several times in the Bible that we are to love God first and to love others. And I think we complicate the gospel oftentimes. And like I said earlier, we talk ourselves out of our qualifications, don't we? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I haven't read up enough. I have too much of this. But we were qualified when Jesus died on the cross for us, my friends. And we're called to love other people fiercely. And this word rebellion, I want you guys to recognize, is a word that is together, right? We're not just one rebel. We're all doing this together. So I want to read a passage right now, and I really want you guys to listen to this. And it's all about how a group of people in the Bible started a rebellion 
but continued it and continued to stay in motion for Jesus. This is Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 through 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So how did they stay in motion? How did these believers not only start a rebellion, but continue to move forward together? Because I think that's the key. The teenagers and I talked a little bit at camp about how when you leave, all of these feelings that you have at camp, all of the things that you heard, all the things that you saw, all the decisions that you made, it's gonna be really easy for those to start muting out as the weeks go by. And the noises of the world are gonna start getting a lot louder, aren't they? So in order to continue this rebellion, we have to do it together. We have to push forward together. So a few things that I want you to notice from this passage. And the first thing I want you to notice that they did is that they devoted themselves to learning. I know, learning, it's not the best. (laughs) But it's important for us to continue to try to be better, to do it together. Keep accountable with somebody. Read your Bible. I know that sounds so simple, but when was the last time that you opened your Bible and really let God speak to you about what he wants for your life? I think it means asking harder questions. I think sometimes we simplify things and we try to just keep things even keel and go with the flow, but God wants us to ask hard questions. We talked a lot at camp about doubts and how some of these students, I had several one-on-one conversations just walking up to the lake with them where they were just like, I am doubting. I don't think that I am a Christian. I don't know if this is true, but I wanna encourage you today that God welcomes your doubts. He wants you to come to him with your questions. And I also wanna encourage you that the people around you need your doubts. They need to see another Christian who's gonna stand up and say, I struggle with that. And then you know it's okay for you to also be struggling with that because we can feel very alone, right? In our questions and in our doubts. The second thing that I want you to notice that happened in this, in this passage is that they lived their lives for each other. I want you guys to look around this room at all of the people that are in here. We are supposed to be living our lives for each other. Could you imagine if we made that a priority? I know that we see each other on Sunday mornings and some of us hang outside of, of church at life groups. But do you guys ever come to church on a Sunday and you see that person that's missing, maybe for a couple of weeks, and you're like, oh man, where have they been? Have you reached out? Have you sought out those people that are on the fringe and said, man, we've missed you? Even if they're not a really close friend of yours, how much does it mean to you when somebody notices that you're gone? They they notice that you're absent. What if we started caring for each other? Maybe you notice somebody that's here in our own church or in your own life that's really struggling with something and you say to yourself, that's somebody else's responsibility. Somebody else will take care of that. That friend of mine that I know that's really good at caring, they've got that under control. It's our responsibility to care for each other. And you'll find, I think, that you get so much more out of it even than you're giving them. Maybe it looks like asking someone to mentor you. 
That was one of the most powerful things that I did in my life was asking someone else to speak into my life. That's hard. I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram three and I do not like feedback. I would rather just not know and I just wanna say things were great. <laughs> but it's important to hear from other people what you can do better. When you allow other people in, to speak into your life, you can only get better. We can only get better together. The last thing that I want you to notice from this passage is that they lay, laid down their lives for each other. And I'm not asking you to take a bullet for somebody or to go lay down in front of a moving train. But what I am doing is asking you to start noticing. Start noticing the world around you. And that brokenness that you've groaned about, that's our responsibility. We've got to step up. We've got to be the ones that are going to notice when there's somebody on the street that's struggling that needs our help. We've got to notice when there's somebody who maybe you work with who hasn't been bringing their lunch and you maybe can help them out with that. Maybe you just need to stop engaging in that conversation about that friend that annoys you that you had over and over and over and you know is gossipy. Whatever those small steps are for you can make a huge ripple in our entire beautiful rebellion. Maybe it's giving time up from your life to help something bigger than you. We have a group in our very own church that helps feed the homeless of our community every single week. Get involved. If you guys want to know more information about it, come find me. There may be something that you could be doing bigger than yourself. And I'm telling you right now, you are qualified. So stop telling yourself all of those lies. Stop telling yourself you're not good enough. Your baggage is too big. Your past is too terrible. You're too young. Because I think you know deep down that that's not true. And I think you know that the God of the universe is telling you that you can make a difference. And the key to that difference is the word together. And I think if we decide as a church that we can stand up and we can rebel and we can be different and we can get uncomfortable, we're gonna see a huge ripple in our community of what God can do. And I'm gonna make you a little uncomfortable right now by saying if our teenagers can stand up and say, I'm willing to make a difference, I think our adults can too. Can I get an amen? Are you guys ready to make a difference? Are you ready to be rebels with the cause? Are you ready to start caring for people, to start loving people, to start acting differently, to start speaking differently, to stand up? Because every day we've gotta choose that we're gonna be different. So what I wanna do right now is make you a little bit more uncomfortable because that's my favorite thing to do today. I normally would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, but I wanna see right now all across this room, if you decide today that you're willing to be a rebel, you're willing to start tomorrow standing up, to start reaching out to those people in your church that are on the fringe, to say yes to joining this rebellion, I want you to put your hands up all across this room. Look around you. All of these people wanna join arms with you, including all these teenagers up here. So what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Dear Jesus, you see each and every one of these, these hands raised high, Lord, and you know the heart behind the hand. And I just wanna ask you today to just help us to continue to move forward with this great rebellion, Lord, to help us to just band together and to know that when we love others, when we care about others, when we step against the grain, when we go against the loud noises in the world, Lord, that we can make a difference for you but it starts today. And it starts with us deciding that we're really 
going to make a difference. Lord, just be with each and every one of these people's hands that are raised, Lord. Help them to stay true to that promise. Help them to keep steady on the course of this beautiful rebellion that you called us to. I ask this in your name, amen. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, I just wanna talk to one group here today who maybe are still on the fringe about even what this whole Jesus thing is about. And if you go home today with anything, I wanna make sure you go home today knowing that the person that runs this entire rebellion is somebody who first started out fiercely loving you. And that started out looking like God, just wanting a relationship with you so bad. But somehow along the way, our sins messed that up. And we did some things that were wrong. And we separated that, that relationship with God. But the great amazing news is, he wants us to be part of this rebellion so bad that he sent his only son here to die on a cross, a terrible death, and raise from the dead for you in this room right here because he wants you to be a part of this rebellion. And I wanna encourage you today that if you make a decision right in this moment, that you wanna make a change in your life and you wanna join our family here and you wanna join this beautiful rebellion, if that's you today, would you raise your hand up high? I just wanna pray with you. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your gift of life. Thank you for wanting me to be a part of this amazing, beautiful rebellion, Lord. I'm just so excited to start a relationship with you, Lord. Thank you for your life. You now have mine. I ask this in your name. Amen. Let's give it up for those who gave it to Jesus today. So what I want to do right now is something really, really special. And we've talked about life change. You guys have gotten to see some videos of our amazing teenagers. But I want you guys to have an opportunity to see in action what life change has really happened. So what I want right now is for everyone to stand to their feet, everyone in the entire room. And I'm going to invite our teenagers up here to sing a song with our band. And you will notice that they're all holding signs. And each of them has a sign that the front of it is talking about what they came to camp struggling with. And then it talks about what they left camp knowing and believing. So as we worship this song, as we sing these words, I want you to really let these words pour over you. As you read the sign, I want you to think about the life change that happened not only with them, but can happen with you if you let God into your life as well. So let's give it up big for God right now as we sing together.
Just looking for something to save me. Doubt. Flip this over real quick. I love this. But have given my life to Jesus, and I'm so ready to spread the love of Jesus and work with him through every battle. Man, how incredible. All these stories are awesome. Eleven disciples were teens. Come on. That's good. Alive. Free. I know I'm loved. I... I feel like I found what was missing. You found what was missing, all right. Come on, give it up for her. Man, incredible. And every one of these teens, incredible story God is writing. And I remember when I was a teenager, I came to Jesus when I was their age and made so many decisions that God just changed my life radically. So I was like a wreck watching your video. I mean, seriously, we gotta highlight those stories like all year on the social media. And uh, you guys out there, maybe you can relate to these signs. Like you remember back when you made these decisions. And for some of you today, you're like, I wish I had made that decision when I was a teenager. And so we can all learn something. And I'm gonna encourage you guys to keep growing, keep pursuing. And uh, we're behind you, we're for you. Our church, we're behind them, we're for them, believing in them, come on. So I'm do something very unique. And uh, I'm gonna have you guys do something very special. And if you guys can kind of filter into the aisles and up front, I want you guys to go find a teenager, maybe your parent, grandparent, maybe you're not related at all, you don't even know them. It's a sign that stuck out. Just grab a teenager and start praying with them. We're gonna take two or three, four minutes and just pray together and just ask them about their sign and just pray about what's on their sign. And so you come up here, guys, if you're in the audience, you can come up and you guys can filter this way. Come on across this way, you can line up here. Every teenager, just go and find somebody. If you're comfortable getting your seat, we talk about being uncomfortable a little bit. If there's any place we can pray, I'm pretty sure it's at church, come on. If you're around somebody praying, just put your hand on their shoulder and just pray for them. Just kind of link up and pray for somebody. And just pray, if you're not with somebody, just go ahead and pray for those who are being prayed for.
as you finish up praying, if you're a teen, you come back up here out of the front. I saw Rose Taylor going around. She's trying to pray with everybody. I love it. I saw Victor, man. I loved your worship, man, praying over the teens and celebrating big. That's cool. You know, I think of the video earlier, and I just think of all the stories. I think that's like a little picture of what heaven's like. Like you get to see all the little impact and the things you did that made a difference in the lives of people. The, the word that came to mind was just legacy. Like we just get to be a little part of the story of God and that just being available. I love what Rachel said, just you're uncomfortable, but you're just available. Like you just were willing to show up. And you know, I just happened, came back from, I was at the second house out of the lake and I came back and uh, to make a s'more, okay, come on somebody. I just came back, I was hanging out with the teens and doing whatever. And I just went to the fire pit and I was just there. Just God had put it together and got a chance to, to lead young lady Christ. Just because I was in the right place at the right time and God uses it. And so I kind of encourage you as the adults in our church, as leaders for Christ, and to be available, to be willing for God to use your life. I, I promise you to heaven, you're gonna see these little video clips of your life and the impact you made. I, lo I loved hearing the stories. And like, man, I was a part of that story. And I can't wait to get to heaven to see all the impact we can make. But you plant those seeds here. And so I'd encourage you, if you're not involved in our dream team, to get involved in our dream team. And specifically, there's an area you can be involved in to make a huge difference. It's our youth group. Come on, somebody. She said, can our leaders stand for youth group? And it was like, Rachel, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's more people. We got four or five. But you know what? We're looking for people. We're praying for people. That God would raise up people that are passionate about teens and love Jesus. There's your qualification. Just want to get around, be willing. You don't have to know everything, but we're looking for people who are passionate about the mission of God to make a difference. I'm telling you, a lot, if not everybody up here, they need somebody to model from, somebody to show them how to pray. I spent some time talking to the teens about what the difference between the New and the Old Testament was and how Jesus divided time. They didn't know where the book of the, you don't know how to read anything about Jesus. I tell them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't know what the gospels were. Like there's so much work to be done to raise up our next generation. You guys can play a part of that. You're accountable for what you know, and you guys know it more than you probably think you do. So I encourage you to get plugged in and make a difference. If you're interested in helping out, if you feel a calling and a burden, you're just willing. All right, Carrie over here, she's gonna do this thing. All right, just let Carrie know. All right, we're passionate. We're praying for one couple to stand up and say, you know what, we need another couple here to make a difference in the lives of our teens. Can I encourage you also to follow God's call with your life? I mean, to play a part of significance, not just in a youth ministry, but where you live and where you go. We talk about teens getting uncomfortable and taking the gospel back to hallways and their schools. And you guys get to do that in your own life with your neighbors and your friends to live on mission. And uh, I love that the early disciples, and she said on the sign, uh, 11 out of the 12 disciples were teenagers. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says in Acts that they flipped the world upside down. And that's what we're praying for. That's what we're praying for our church to do in this community. You guys have been playing a part of that story. I would encourage you before we let you guys go doing something a little different here. Uh, I would encourage you to be generous, but not with your time, not with your energy, but with your money, to make a difference and build a legacy. This youth camp and what we do here is all built on your giving and your generosity. I would encourage you guys to continue to do that because it makes a difference in the lives of people. It's life change that happens when you guys give. And so I do want to pray over them and I'll get you guys out of here. Father God, we thank you so much for doing the lives of our teens. God, I pray you'd raise them up as world changers, not of tomorrow, but of today. God, you call them to reach into the, the schools, God, in their hallways, on the sport fields, in their workplaces, God, to raise your banner high. So I pray that today is just the first day of them getting uncomfortable for you. God, that we live on mission, God, not conform to the world, but we've transformed into the image of Jesus. And we invite people along this beautiful rebellion to follow Jesus. 
God, I pray as a church, God, we would not settle. God, we are looking for pioneers. People are gonna go forward with the mission. People who believe so badly that they will get on their hands and knees and crawl to lead somebody to Jesus. God, that we do all this every week because we know somebody's coming in that back door that's giving God and maybe their life their last chance. And so we live on mission. So God, I pray you call us out of the comfortable, God, into the unknown, into the uncertainty, to live every day by faith. God, I pray there be missionaries on this stage right now. God, I pray that you call us into to ministry leadership. I pray that you're business leaders, God, that fund the cause of Christ. God, I pray for spiritual moms and dads. They're gonna change the legacy of their entire generation below them. They'll know and follow Jesus because of the decision they made at this last week at camp. And so God, use us if you use anybody. God, we praise in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, something special on the way out the door today. Our young people are gonna have passing out ice cream. Is that right? So Josh, he went on, he went on a mission to get some ice cream. And so we're gonna pass out the door for you guys today. Next week, we have At The Movies for one last week, October Sky, my favorite movie, don't miss it. Jared's excited, I love it. And remember this, whoever finds Jesus, discovers real life and purpose. Have a great Sunday, guys.